Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert and it's prime Mojave road trip time. So I want to tell you about some places that you can visit over these holiday weeks if you're lucky enough to be around this time of year. There's a map online. You can use it on your computer or your phone or whatever you like. It's at desertoracle.com, the wild and mysterious Mojave map. But I must caution you that cell phone service is not to be expected in the lonelier parts of the desert. Once you're away from the miserable comforts of fast food and 24-hour super centers. So put your plans down on paper and prepare to be on your own. But before I get to that, I was at the office shipping out holiday mail orders this week, and there was a note left in the mail slot, which is nailed shut, so I don't know how the letter got inside. But now it's here, and this is what it says. Dear Desert Oracle... I wanted to thank you for a great podcast. You're welcome. I've been traveling in the U.S. for six months. One of them here in the desert. When I first got here, I found out about your podcast. The only one I know of in which the host doesn't sound way over-optimistic like he's on coke or something. Your radio show made my stay here. I learned a lot about the desert, and I even followed some of your suggestions. I camped at Mid-Hills in Mojave National Preserve, visited Amboy, tried to get a room at the Amargosa Opera House, camped near the Air Force Base, I almost got into 29 Palms Military Base. Google Maps thought the Starbucks there is open to the public. But unfortunately, the Marine at the front gate could not read my military service certificate, which is in Hebrew. Just wanted to drop by and say thank you for the great times. The desert is certainly a good place for me. Pierre Landsberg from Israel. Now to our destinations because time is short for all of us. Yano Del Rio Collective, Highway 138 at 172nd Street East in Yano, California. That is in the far western Mojave. On the north side of Pear Blossom Highway stands the century-old stone ruin of the famed Yano Socialist Community. It's been vacated for over a century now. 
but Frank Black of the Pixies wrote a song about it called Yano Del Rio. I learned about it from Mike Davis's great book about Los Angeles, City of Quartz. Little Petroglyph Canyon, China Lake Naval Air Weapons Station, Ridgecrest, California. Deep within the Mojave Wilderness of China Lake Naval Air Base is Little Petroglyph Canyon, a stunning collection of the Koso people's rock art. But you can only visit on reservation-only guided tours through the museum in Ridgecrest. Then we have the Kill Bill Church at 19809 East Avenue G in High Vista, California, again on the western Mojave. Extensively remodeled for the 2003 Uma Thurman movie Kill Bill, this former community center has since become a real church and has kept the interior and exterior features made famous from the bloody film. And then off the 15, just outside of Barstow, the first Del Taco. 38434 East Yermo Road in Yermo, California, now known as Tita's Burger Den, but still featuring the original Del Taco's mid-century signage. This humble burrito stand was the beginning of the Mojave's best-known restaurant chain. Morongo Canyon Preserve, 11055 East Drive in Morongo Valley, just off the 62. This 31,000-acre oasis within the new sand-to-snow National Monument provides one of the nicest hikes around Joshua Tree. With tall, shady cottonwoods, flowing water, and hundreds of bird species. Back to our neighborhood, the world-famous Integratron. That is at 2477 Belfield Boulevard in Landers, California. Watch the GPS. It likes to trick you on this one. Built by UFO contactee George Van Tassel as some sort of dimensional travel space machine. This striking white monument now serves neo-hippie tourists who, with advanced reservations, climb up to the dome where they recline on yoga mats and experience a sound bath. Now headed out on Amboy Road is the Palms Restaurant, 83131 Amboy Road in Wonder Valley. On the lonesome back road to Vegas, or as I call it, the one road to Mojave National Preserve, stands a unique oasis run by the Sibley family, serving tasty burgers and brunch and beers to a weird but friendly mix of dusty locals and bikers and sun-fried travelers. And it's not a trip to Joshua Tree without a trip to Cap Rock at Joshua Tree, the Cap Rock Nature Trail. Country rock pilgrims from around the world pay tribute to Graham Parsons here in Joshua Tree National Park, where the singer-songwriter was more or less cremated after his death at the Joshua Tree Inn. Now, Graham and Keith Richards, Keith Richards, who just turned 75 years old this week, happy birthday, Keith, 
They used to watch for UFOs from a barber's chair that they dragged up to the top of Caprock. Now, a funny thing is that the attempted funeral pyre was not actually atop Caprock. It was at a lower elevation nearby. Ask the ranger out there to point it out. That's kind of a secret. Now, we got an interesting email from somebody who knows about the desert highways. He's a long-haul truck driver named John Richard Little. Or maybe it's John Richard Little, like Captain Picard on Star Trek. Anyway, this is what he had to say. As you may know, not all immigrants went west to California in the famous prairie schooners. One guy pushed a wheelbarrow with his stuff in it. And one woman walked with only her pack cow. I've been reading hundreds of personal accounts from that era as my wife and I have purchased 77 acres of Nevada desert along the Humboldt River, about 40 miles due east of the Black Rock Desert. I found the following passage in the book Fearful Crossing by Harold Coran, published by Nevada Publications in 1982 and quoting from Scenery of the Plains, Mountains, and Mines, or a diary kept upon the overland route to California by way of the Great Salt Lake. Travels in the cities, mines, and agricultural districts, Embracing the return by the Pacific Ocean and Central America in the years 1850, 1851, 1852, and 1853 by Franklin Langworthy, J.C. Sprague, bookseller, 1855. At this place, we saw a singular vehicle drawn by two horses and belonged to a man from Milwaukee who, in company with two men, was traveling with it to California. It was a cart having tires a foot wide and two sets of spokes to each wheel. The bed was an immense tin box made watertight, having a framework upon the inside to strengthen it. The owner was forming a guidebook for the use of future travelers, and within the huge tin box was a rhodometer of ingenious construction. When they started, the carriage had six wheels, all of the same construction, and was drawn by six horses. Besides which, there was a curious piece of machinery fixed within the bed for the purpose of propelling this strange locomotive by hand, in case the horses should fail. At this time, he had lost four of his horses and had cut down the Ponderosa chariot to a cart for two horses. He had expended near $2,000 to get started in this way and now seemed to be in somewhat reduced circumstances. His horses were now low in the flesh and his cart quite too heavy a load for them to draw. Somewhere along the Humboldt River, 1850.
We've got Brendan Mays on the line. We're going to talk about his holiday spectacular. Brendan, welcome to the program. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Happy holidays to you. Now, Yeah, the other holidays are pretty good, too. But uh, it's really it's all really about Christmas when you think about it. And that's what, uh, that's what I'm trying to do, Ken. We're trying to bring back Christmas. You know, Christmas has been under assault for a number of years now by the you know the mainstream media by the left wing uh, think tank organizations and they've really been trying to tear down the most beautiful of all gifts you know a baby jesus given to the world we're going to try to bring it back to the now, Brendan, aren't you a buddhist uh, ken i i believe in a lot of things as you know uh, i guess i'm like a lot of people that way uh, part of me is you know believes in fantasy and is the eternal optimist and is always looking to to make things better for uh, for people, you know, for consumers. In terms of spirituality, Ken, uh, whatever fits the situation. If I'm in Iraq or something like that in the Middle East, uh, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be really into Islam. I'm going to really be, you know, drilling down in those uh, those verses in the Quran. Islam's it's a, it's a great religion. Christianity did occur and did start in the Middle East. And like you mentioned, we had enormous success in the past of putting on various uh, pageants and various celebrations of the Christian faith throughout this desert region. We got a lot of good feedback on it. Our Easter extravaganza back in 2017 was a giant hit. Everybody's still saying the wounds and everything very lifelike. It was reported that stigmata occurred. So we thought with that kind of success, we should keep moving forward. What other Christian holidays are as important as Easter? Well, obviously that's Christmas. So that's what led us to stage this Christmas pageant. Now, the Christmas pageant was advertised mostly on social media, as far as I've seen. No billboards or anything here in town. So you were expecting some out-of-towners. We wanted to go a little bit more upscale with this Christmas nativity pageant. The previous uh, Easter extravaganza was highly attended by locals, heavily attended. Well, you know, some things kind of got out of hand, you know, when we had the... uh, we had the passion with a lot of local guys kind of really got into it, and uh, they beat them up pretty good. So we were trying to maybe get this particular pageant, take it up a notch or two, you know, go upmarket with it, upscale. What we actually planned on doing was using special effects. The, the live birth, I, I'll tell you how this came about. That wasn't our original intent. Why would you do something like that necessarily? It would take incredible planning and That would take a lot of work to set something like that up, but it just so happens, talking about synchronicity, the idea, Carl, the Jungian idea of uh, events uh, happening, uh, synchronized around the world, seeing things that you would think would not have any connection at all occur at the same times and uh, reinforce each other. You gotta be there to take advantage of a business opportunity if it presents itself. And so that's what I decided to do in this case. And let me tell you how this came about, this live birth that we're staging. Well, as you know, Mojave Mirage Industries, which is my company, one of Mojave Mirage Industries' ventures is, of course, the Airbnb rental market space, where we've gone around Joshua Tree, 29 Palms, Flamingo Heights, Wonder Valley, snapping up places, 
snapping up these cute little rustic cabins all over the place, snapping up 1950s, mid-century moderns all over the place and turning them into Airbnb rentals, which is a fantastically lucrative business. I mean, I'm talking margins like 40% on this stuff. Pretty amazing. Now, one of our properties out there in Wonder Valley, we had a, a tenant, very nice young lady. It was a little down on her luck, you know. She was the, uh, the second wife of some first sergeant out 29 Palms, you know. The point is, she was sitting out there all by herself, having trouble getting by. And I knew that, and I also knew, at the same time, I needed to make money on this property. And I wanted to convert it to an Airbnb rental. And she was aware of that, and we have a good relationship. So we tried to figure out how the best way we were gonna get her out of there. I didn't want to evict her, like I've evicted people before. It's a nasty process. You don't want to evict a pregnant lady. That just looks bad, and it is bad. We came to a business arrangement, signed a contract and everything. It turns out that her due date is right around December 22nd. The winter solstice, I think, is around that time, right up against Christmas. So we thought, she's gonna have a baby. We could make this work. What if we had the live birth there at the Christmas pageant and actually recreated the beautiful moment when our savior came into this world in human flesh? What could be more impressive than that? We had to hire, of course, medical staff. What if we had this live birth attended by actual clinical, actual doctors, totally licensed to practice, totally know what they're doing. You know, not licensed to practice here, but licensed to practice over there. And they know what they're doing. They have babies all over the world. And have it supervised by a doctor and also a traditional midwife, because we thought that would look really good too. So we're, we're having Joseph is being played by a doctor and he will be attending he'll be right there joseph is right there at the birth so he'll be attending to the birth if anything gets out of hand he's ready to go of course you could never tell when a baby's gonna come you don't know it might come they say december 22nd what if the baby comes december 30th christmas has already passed you missed your golden opportunity well bring the doctor in it turns out it's not a jelly or whatever it's an injection i know what it is and the doctor comes up gives her a jab, 30 minutes later, you got yourself a baby. So we thought, hell, why not? Let's set it up, let's get this baby born at 10 p.m. and ready for the big final show and the big act. Get it about 10 o'clock, have the baby, wipe it down, swaddle it. Then you get the three wise men coming in, bringing frankincense and myrrh and gold. We got a, a set lighting designer who's coming out. He's gonna light the whole thing up. You should see what they can do with LEDs these days. We got people from Costume Wardrobe. According to the article, this location is actually on the 29 Palms Marine Corps base, and you don't have the permission to be doing this. My thinking was, how do I save money? They built this Iraqi city. It's supposed to be just like Mosul or or just like one of these cities in Iraq. I wish I could remember the names. Iraqi city, Middle East, Iraq is right next to Bethlehem. So why not use this facility that's just sitting out there? They don't use it all the time. They use it maybe like once every other week was what he was telling me. I got a guy on the inside of base operations who let me know the schedule of their war games and their, their, you know, I think they call it map planning or that's when they go through and they do all their training exercises. And he said, right, the week of Christmas, they're not going to be using it because everyone's going to be with their families. Nobody's going to be there. They're not using it. Everybody's gone for the holidays. I could probably just get into the back door, have a little private celebration, invite some big wigs from the Marines so they feel like they've been included, and it should be no big, no big deal. 
So how I got detained? Well, Ken, they just came up. They came up on me at full speed in a in a, in a giant green three or four Humvees in a suburban, and a bunch of guys jump out and grab you. That's how it happens. Real nice guys, though. Actually, they're 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 pretty cool. Once I explained the situation and everything. They handled me not very roughly at all and were very polite. I got to say, they did a fantastic job of arresting me, and I thank them for it. I thanked each one, each one individually for his or her service. I don't see how anybody could have a problem. I don't see how there could be any controversy in helping America's veterans. We've been looking to expand the scope and reach of our charitable organizations, and we realize we don't have the correct 501D or C or 5050, but we're going to get it. So we've been looking at various charitable organizations that do have this nonprofit status. So we thought, heck, maybe we'll partnership with them. They can collect the money, and we can disperse it to the veterans. And that's what we've been working on. So I think you're going to see uh, a deal inked by the end of this week. When you're in a situation, there's six tough, angry dudes looking at you like you're the biggest POS in the world, and are you a terrorist? I mean, they got their guns drawn on you. When you got an M16 pointed in your face, you'll say anything. You know what I'm saying? You'll say anything to defuse the situation. So uh, maybe I did say that, uh, say something like that. Yeah, I'm a veteran, and so, and I'm helping out veterans, and you guys should, you know, maybe perhaps show me a little bit more respect, you know, Semper Fi and all that. Uh, maybe I said a few things that I shouldn't have. Misinforming people, I mean, that's just part of human nature, and that's marketing and advertising, for God's sake. It's a huge sector of our economy. You can't expect people to be telling the truth when you point a gun in their face. I mean, what's that saying? Where they say, yeah, you know, you can get a, you can get a suspect to sing, but what if he starts to compose? That's the real danger there. So I was trying to defuse the situation, and, and that's what you do by telling a couple of jokes, by misleading people, by, you know, diffusing, uh, diffusing the tension, and that's all I was trying to do. Since this is a big bit of stagecraft, I think I'm going to go out there and break a leg and just get the dang thing done. Uh, nothing's going to stop us, Ken. Nothing stopped Jesus. We're going to have this pageant come uh, hell or high water, and hopefully neither of the two. With all the trouble I was having with San Bernardino County, all these problems has kind of made me, I guess I'm a grading person to these people, and so I knew I couldn't pull any more favors out of the county or the state. And we noticed that coming up for auction was a horse property in Monument Manor, right next to Quail Springs Road, with running water and full stables in the back. The only people living there was an old couple in their 80s who had to move to a retirement home, and they couldn't afford the property taxes, hadn't paid them in years. And in the back stable, we had a couple of people living back there who had just had a baby, you know, back there in the in the stalls. Uh, they converted it. They brought in a, an extension cord, and they had, you know, a tub of water. We knew after seeing that, after seeing that young couple and that baby there, I thought, heck, this would be the perfect place to stage the birth right here. I mean, it's kind of happening before my eyes in a way. So we got the property. Of course, we paid next to nothing for it. We got it at auction. Started fixing it up. Uh, we're fixing up the stables right now. We're going to clean them out. You know, unfortunately, I we had to get rid of the uh, the young couple who were there with their baby because, well, you know, we have to stage this pageant. So, unfortunately, they had to find a different place to live. And I, and I tried to help them, but they don't really have any money. Ken, I just like to say. We're going to be putting this pageant on a live birth Christmas. I'd like to invite all your listeners 
to come on down. It's going to be up there, right up Quail Springs Road. You'll be able to see the signs. There's going to be guys out there uh, taking your cars and parking them somewhere. We're going to have an incredible spread. Every single delicious thing you can think of, we're going to have there. It's all very traditional Middle East, so there's going to be maybe some flavors you're not used to. We're going to have, you know, roast beef. and You're going to have anything you want, your heart's desire. That food's going to be there. It's going to be great. Everybody dressed in traditional clothing. There's going to be outdoor heaters in case it gets a little bit cold. No one's going to get cold. And we're going to have a beautiful scene. There's going to be a raffle. The winner of the raffle will have all expenses paid tour to the actual Bethlehem, which, of course, as we know, was over there in the Middle East. We're going to send them over there, and they're going to be able to see, I guess there's a church there, Church of the Nativity or something, right where the spot where Jesus was born, the real Jesus. Second place is a year-long contract, totally free septic system treatment and maintenance. So if you got a septic system, you got any problems with your leash field, you got any problems with backup, you need to get a pump, that's all going to be taken care of for you, Ken. And that's like about a $2,000, $3,000 values. I forget what third, third prize is, or it's probably some coupons for local eateries or something like that. season so far up here in the high desert we've had some rain we've got snow on San Gorgonio and everybody was getting ready for the holiday crowds the couple of hundred thousand people expected to visit the Mojave's national parks and national monuments over the winter holidays and instead, we have all spent the day trying to figure out what level of deliberate federal chaos will be set off tonight by, uh, what's his name, um, dangerous old moron. Well, I hope if you're visiting that it all works out. But here in the former United States, it's sort of hard to say hour by hour, minute by minute. And if you're on the payroll at the National Park Service or the Interior Department or aboard the Marine Base or at the airports at the busiest time of year, thanks for trying to keep people safe while some Adderall-addled ogre cuts off your paycheck for sport. Merry Christmas. Two days after Christmas, that's Thursday the 27th of December, I will return to the Palm Springs Ace Hotel for our Desert Oracle Campfire Stories. There at the fire from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. telling tales of the desert, of monstrosities both human and supernatural, of flora and fauna, of strange history, and etc., and then one more time, Thursday, January 31st, and that's it for a while. Free for all to attend, and there's a camp bar set up if you want a beverage. You 
You've been listening to Desert Oracle Radio, broadcasting from Joshua Tree, Fridays at 10 p.m. across the Mojave on KCDZ 107.7 FM from Amboy to Zizek's. Thanks, as always, to Red, Blue, Black, Silver for the musical soundscapes he composes, especially for this program. I'm your host, Ken Lane. Happy solstice, I hope, and good night from the voice of the desert. (laughs) 